0: Well, hello all. Uh back after a couple of weeks to Scotch on the balcony, myself and Al. Hi Al, how are things?
1: Hey guys, not too bad at all, man. It's it's the weekend, so I can't complain.
0: Yeah, uh, sorry we haven't been here. It's been a tough couple of weeks um for me. So sorry about that. But we're back. And now. Me
1: as well, middle aged men issues, but we won't get into that in case we have a younger. Yeah, we're old.
0: You know, two or two or probably two listeners down. We're probably down to now. Today's episode, uh, Truth Be Told, came out in 2004. I hope it makes you all feel old. makes me feel old. And today's episode, as I have mentioned about Monica Potter. I also Dana Delaney from China Beach. Did you watch China Beach? Um,
1: if anyone hasn't watched China Beach and it's, it's, it's nearly 30 years since it finished. Yeah, Um I remember watching it as a kid, my sister, my older sisters loved it. It really is a great, great TV show, amazing! But yeah, that's what I remember her from as well. Yeah, no,
0: I had a crush on her, but
1: the Vietnam, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was the Vietnam, it was the Vietnam War, War. It was where all the great music, Vietnam War, but it's it, an amazing, and you'll recognize a lot of people who went on to do very well for themselves. But it's a it's a good if, if you're not hooked by the first episode or two. It's not for you, but it's a great show. I
0: need to go back and see whether it is that good or whether it's just nice thoughts of the past that we all have.
1: So I watched. I did watch two episodes of it, uh just over the summer. I blame COVID, um, and it was. It's really good. It's not the kind of. It's not the kind of thing, Harry. Where like a break and Bad kind of. It is more straightforward, but it, it, it's 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 a very very good show with good characters. In it. I feel like I'm earning commission for it. Show that was made in 88
0: or 89. OK, so today's episode, Truth Be Told. So just a quick summary of it. Um, as per IMDB, Alan represents the husband who was running for mayor of his old crush, Samantha. That's played by uh, Dana Delaney. When a false rumor is publicized, Danny awaits the results of the test, which will reveal whether he has Alzheimer's or not. While Laurie helps a lawyer convincing his wife to give him his son's frozen umbilical cord, which would save his life. Meanwhile, Denny takes Sally's client who is suing a toaster company for his faulty product. Now, if you think that's all the show is about, obviously, then you know nothing about Boston Legal. So, let's let's jump into the first one. And Come here, I like this episode because funnily enough, we it's one of these episodes. We don't actually learn anything more. About the characters we love, it just it throws up it just throws up a few more uh, questions. Obviously, as it does now, there's a little bit about Denny starting his journey with Alzheimer's, but apart from that, we don't learn anything else that we didn't already know about the uh, the characters in Boston Legal. So this first this first case with Alan and his old crush Samantha. So there's a video put out which is not necessarily the truth, and it would appear. And this was in 2004. So we know it's to the power of nearly infinity these days that you're allowed to just say anything. And when questioned about it, their, their, their side's reply was, well, you can put your own ad out. And I mm. think that's kind of what we have now. It's in politics and in life. I think the questions that's being asked here is where, where does the truth where, where does the truth belong in, in life? And there was a funny comment made when Alan was saying that he had telling the husband that he had a crush on her, where he said, well, I mixed up the truth with, with total disclosure, I think was the words he used, which was, which is a yeah. very, which I think this is what the, the, the cases is, is asking us. Yeah. What information is, is, should we be looking for? What's the truth? What do you disclose? Because you, yeah. The the truth about the ad, well, that's bullshit. That's just out and out lie. That had nothing to do with him. However, there's this other sort of truth that he's having an affair with one of his
1: staff. So, yeah. I, I think from a from a from a comedic standpoint, the where he lets the staffer where he lets the staffer know that he knows she's having the affair with the guy who I think he's he's going for mayor. I just think it's it's a it's a brilliant moment, um, in the episode. But I would just one of the things that struck me when I watched it again, and without getting into the other, we into the other storylines. But I have to kind of get into the other storylines to say this. Really, I think that episode for me is about the malleable thing of truth and ethics. Yes. And what you stand for and what you don't, and what you you see at points in the episode is. Well, we know politicians lie um, and we know they lie certainly in America on campaign ads because they know they're not going to get sued. It's a campaign ad and you can kind of say what you want to within certain. And and the other, you know, when you look at the the toaster one, that was the guy who stuck the fork in the toaster and he wants to get money from them and his, his own counsel from that firm, Boston Legal Firm, are saying, don't you tell the truth, but you, you don't say too much. And, then you have the, the 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 situation of you know the the situation with the mayor and what's acceptable truth and what's not. And I think it's quite interesting because at one point, and forgive me, Hannah, I always manage to forget her name, but uh, where she's being told you, you either tell the truth, Laurie Colson, right? Where she's being yeah. told like you you if you don't, it's an ethical issue if you don't tell the truth for the case that she's dealing with. And actually, well. Probably it seems like in the end she takes the right moral decision. So sometimes it's okay to tell those lies, and sometimes it's not. And I think, I think that episode early on for Boston Legal shows up those different kind of positions where, you know, it just really depends on on what your view is on who. For example, with the client, the the Denny Crane hasn't brought money into the firm in a few years, and it's you know. It, it's not about the, the mayor that's currently incumbent brings a lot of money to us. The mayor that wants to, who's the, who's the kind of a line story in the show who wants to be mayor. He's not so much, they don't think he's going to get there. He's not, he's not, so we, we stick with the guy who's given us the business, who's the mayor at the moment. I think it's a really good episode that shows up those kind of contradictions that really in, in like in law, for example, there really isn't anything such as morals or right and wrong. It just depends on what position you're in at that position time, at, at that particular time as a firm.
0: As I was telling you earlier, I lost all my notes and I had to watch it very quickly today. And I just wrote down a couple of things. And one of the things I wrote down was, and it was to do with, with Laurie, was what Paul kept telling her that there was obligations. And it's that idea of obligations or, you know, what what you're supposed to do, or what your role is, or what your duty might be deemed to be versus the right thing. Yeah. Because she took she took the right route. And you're right, Boston Eagle do this very well. Not the only show, you know. That's that's why we love the anti-hero as such. And that's why we love Alan, because he doesn't go the right way. He never goes what we would deem to be the ethical or the right way. We we see that in the very first episode. And in the first episode, In order for the right thing to be done, he had to do the wrong thing. Now, we all might turn around and say that what Laurie did was the right thing. She didn't do anything wrong. But from a legal point of view, what she'd done legally was wrong and did leave herself open and did leave the company open. But from an ethical point of view, it was the right thing. In a weird way, it also turned out right, you know, even from a legal point of view, maybe in the story once no one again once no one finds out about it and that is sometimes i think a lot of people use their so-called obligation order well you know i have to do this and it's an excuse sometimes but on other times and this where the gray comes in is like i know it's not the right thing but if i fucking do this i'm in shit here and other people could be in trouble and i think it the show does a good job of showing that hey look things aren't black and white and there are rippling repercussions because if you think about what she did, like she put herself at risk of being sued, losing her fucking career gone. Yeah. And everyone thinks that everyone thinks they'd be the hero. Everyone thinks, you know, all the, when you see comments online of videos and there's videos of people being shot or, or shit going down and go, well, they should have saved. They should have did it. Fuck that shit. We don't. Some people do. Right. But, In that case, Laurie was a hero.
1: I, I mean, and again, what does Paul do? Character, yeah. I, I I think, I think you know, Paul. Ultimately, at the end, when she's like, I think you'll do the right thing too. Where before he'd said to her, "I'll put you in front of the the ethics board, blah blah blah, etc." If you do this, he kind of understands, and it's it's one of the reasons I like Paul's character.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great character.
1: He wasn't. He's not quite the prick that certainly Alan Shore doesn't like, or Denny Crane. He's trying to keep the firm like together um, and I, I just think that was an interesting for, for Laurie I think it was an interesting one where she was standing up to him and saying alright it's up to you now but I think the entire episode but hold on can I just interrupt you there I think the quite interesting from, from a truth not truth point of view do you,
0: do you not think there at the end when, when she turned around to him and said you'll do the right thing but the reality is whatever he does is the right thing depending on how you look at it because if he calls her up on it to the ethics board, he's covering his ass and he's covering yeah. the company's ass. So there's repercussions of that. Now yeah. we're talking about a company that deals with millions and stuff. So you can argue, oh, they'd be safe, but we don't, that's not the point. The point is one road is protecting uh, the company and the people that work there and the people that depend on that company. On the other hand, he's protecting, he's protecting her and what might be morally the right thing. So I thought that was how it was, I think that was the last thing that was said in that scene was I know you'll do the right thing, but maybe there is no wrong thing. And sometimes in life that's the way it is. That there are there are repercussions, both positive and negative, to, to everything we do. I'm trying to teach my kids that that look, that's that's just the way life is. There's no everything you do, there's a there's a positive and a negative, and you just gotta try and figure out the best. It is it is a very good episode. And it's a t- man, that's a tough fucking thing. That was a tough episode about the sperm. It was a
1: oh, it's a, I mean, it,
0: emotional one.
1: And and this is, this is where I think as a as an actress, she's really good. Yeah. Where she's very professional and she can be very removed from like a bit like Alan Shore, removed from what goes on around her. But obviously, the guy's a friend. He's dying. He needs that for anyone who is. Well, I'm presuming you've watched it, but where he, you know, they they kept I think the plasma blood right from yeah. when their son was born. And he now, they were going to keep it in case his son ever got sick, but he now needs it because of some, uh, cancer, some terminal illness. Yeah, six months. But I thought it was, when I watched it again, I hadn't watched it, to be honest, probably since I first watched it. And Laurie Colson, the actress, her acting, when, when they're talking and she can see that the wife is hiding something, it's a, it's a brilliant scene. Like before she calls the wife out on their own, she can see that the husband can't see that she's not telling yeah. the truth, but Laurie can. I over, I I actually think it's it's one of, it's certainly one of the top episodes of Series 1, but it's a really good episode anyway, because I think like when, you, even when you're saying it doesn't really advance the characters, well, no, but when Alan Shore is talking to the woman who's the, the wife of the mayor who was his crush in college, and he's just so openly honest in that first meeting in the room where the mayor they, well, the mayor elect potential mayor is in the room and he's like i wanted to sleep with you every day in college and blah 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 blah, blah. and it's a, it's a great moment of that's just honest pouring out of alan shore and kind of what he does no with-
0: no i like you're giving him t- i think you're giving him a bit too much credit there i i think there's other no no that's him taking that's him acting the make i think later on you get to see when it's something well, similar no, to what you and i were speaking to before um, earlier today is that when you see him one-on-one when you see him when you see alan with his one-on-ones is where you see usually the totally as honest as he can be and i think you you see that with samantha after she turns up with after being uh, she was in the rain or something or whatever and they're down having a drink which i think is the place where he broke up with sally but that that one-on-one moment is 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 him being honest Whereas, I, I'm sorry, but I think when he's back with the husband, that's him being the mischievous fucker that we love. Yes, he's telling the truth, but he's doing it in a mischievous way.
1: He's doing it to piss off yeah. the guy who might be mayor. But that later scene, that later scene where the wife realizes he's screwing yeah. the media consultant, whoever she is on his campaign. Great scene. When she's like, oh, you were joking when you said that. I love, This is why I love James Spader's acting. I say this as a as a forty two year old male, so I may be wrong, but he when he starts to talk and say, "Listen, there was no joke about that," and he talks, he he, he his eyes don't leave hers, and I thought it was a great, it was it, like she thought it was a joke. He's like, "No, I'm deadly serious," and it's one of the things I love about James Spader. But it's it's that kind of um, what do you call it? He's brilliant. Yeah, though. the way he, he does it in the Blacklist as well, but that kind of when you watch him in that scene. And Dana Delaney is a great actress, and she's also obviously very beautiful. And he eats up that scene, not in a selfish way, but it, it just lets you know how much he was fucking serious about how much he was into her when they were in college. I think it's a great. one of the great early scenes in, uh, in Boston Legal, which, by the way, I also say one of the great early ones is when, in this episode... When when uh, Danny Crane is is going for that uh, test on his brain, I think that's brilliantly done as well.
0: Just go back to, to to Spader for a second. He's he is very good at that, and I think he's with this character. He does it brilliantly, where you get to see just little, sort of like a li- You see little bits of him behind the curtain. You know the Alan Shore. Obviously, the public Al- Alan Shore, and then you have the private Alan Shore. So we get mm. to see those these little moments behind, as I said, behind the curtain. One of the other moments I really liked and he does this in a few shows, in a few episodes sorry, there's the bit um, before he goes in and speaks to her, to the husband, I think it's when she's sitting there on the couch and he just comes in and, and he, he puts her arms on, um, he puts his hands uh, um, on her shoulders and when he does it, it's like the most caring, loving thing that, yeah. that, that I can think of on television when he does it, he's yeah. that good at it and like you said when he's like that moment with her and, and, and he's just staring at her or staring at the camera. And it's like, he's just amazing. It just block it, you know, as if nothing else exists apart from this moment of, of honesty. And he does it very well in the blacklist, obviously as well. But he's, he's a great actor. We know
1: this. And he, I don't know how other actors, whether working with him feel about it, but he has a tendency to take up the entire scene. With himself, how he talks, how he holds himself. And I think it's that's why I love him, how he does it. And I, I just think it, like in in there's a couple of those scenes early on, and particularly that scene with the mayor's wife. Where when they're in the where she comes to his hotel room, she's like, You screwing her. I found the phone, and they go for a drink. But also it, it kind of shows I don't know whether it was her reluctance or his that it seemed like they don't sleep together in the episode. No, they don't. But and I kind of think, again, he can be a dirty bastard and people would look at the show now and, oh, you know, but I actually think there was something about him where he's like, he didn't want it that way. I don't think it was that she didn't, she turned him down or um, but I, I I feel like it was like he, he didn't want it the way it happened but he wanted the mayor to think that this might just be the way that it happens. I don't know.
0: I, I don't know. I think we see with with Alan that you know, deep down, not even deep down, you know, he is a romantic in and in, in some ways, but obviously he's dealing with his demons and, and everything else, as we all are. And I just wonder, because don't forget, she's he's with Tara at the moment. And obviously Tara, who he ends up in the last scene in, you know, in that motel. And like and, and as you said, with Samantha being with him, probably. But he didn't do it. And I, I just think sometimes with Alan there is that line where he is a gentleman and where he where he doesn't cross it. And then also I think he realizes that also Samantha is from the past and that idea that he has of her, it's it's not now. And and let it stay there. It's it's nicer in the past. And you know, and
1: well, I think you're right. I think when you look at kind of the episode or two before, where you know he he's, he's talking to what's her name again, Hanno?
0: Sally. I apologize. Or in the last episode or Sally. Samantha? No, oh, Samantha in this episode. Yeah, Samantha.
1: No, the English girl. Uh, the English lawyer. Tara, right? So, where there's a couple of episodes, certainly the last one or two, where she's talking about, like, what are they? What are we doing here? And I, th- I think that's part of it. You're right that in this episode, he, he kind of thinks, well, this is something I yearned for for so long in my past. And actually, I've got somebody in my present. Yeah. And I think that's probably part. And again, we don't know. Maybe behind the scenes when, when they were writing this, you know, the, the mayor's wife or soon-to-be ex-wife rejects him. We don't know. But he, it, it seems he chooses the woman he's with right now over that yeah. kind of situation. But happy in the knowledge that, I mean, the, the conversation he has with the guy, the mayor-elect about the divorce papers is brilliant. Where he's like, so she'll have a hand in every decision that you make and every for." I, I couldn't do that. Okay. And then it's like, you know, 60, 70% of everything. And and the, and the I, I love that line. And like 65% of bank accounts or whatever, as of yesterday, as of close yeah. of business, in other words, you're not going to fuck about on this shit. And uh, it, it kind of shows them for the, for the great, for the great. And you're going
0: to pay for the forensic accountants that we're going to fucking hire. That's like, that's the bit I loved. I was dealing today with a few solicitors and stuff to do with property and stuff and to have to pay for the other sides dog that's gonna come in and rip you apart i like that i like that bit that was a bit that stood out for me i was like you have to pay because people pay me to go through shit you, you, and you don't want me going through your shit you don't want these guys going through your shit but to make it pay for it <laughs> fucking bastard <laughs> but yeah no it's yeah it's um yeah, I lost my train of thought there. Again, not for the first time. What are we talking about? I Man, I need sleep. Um,
1: pasta, right? Oh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> <Well, actually, I, laughs> no, okay, I think okay I, no, sorry, no. I know what it was. Possible. I know what it
0: was. I had a thought. Here was the thought, just as you were talking about, about Tara. So when he was talking about Samantha in the motel with the flashing flamingo pink lights, he was talking about that would be their first time. And I've had a thought that maybe, because you were talking about him, Alan, and Tara in the last couple of episodes, that they were kind of obviously a lot of flirting going on and and a bit of a game going on and i'm wondering whether that was their first time so in the last couple of episodes where they're indicating that they're together they hadn't actually slept together i think that might have been the case because I, I i don't have the script i usually have the script in front of me i don't have it but he said something about should have done this before or something like that i think and i think maybe. Because that was the other thing with himself. He was talking about Samantha to Tara that it was just bad timing and lost opportunity was had. And it was like, I'm not going to let the opportunity pass. No matter what happens, I'm not letting this opportunity pass this time at Tara. So it shows a bit of growth there in Alan.
1: Yeah. But so moving from that to, I guess it was a a minor player in the episode for once was, was uh, Denny Crane. And obviously it started off where he was having the cognitive test with the, with the specialist and he, he started off kind of taking the piss with the specialist oh. and then when, when he thought the specialist was, was thinking hang oh, on, this guy's not, he kind of then, you know, talks you know, who's the president he talks about, it's a great line where he talks, you know, because at the time George W. Bush was the president George, you know, Herbert Walker Bush is, was, was uh, you know, his father and Prescott Bush you know, who wrestled naked with my <laughs> father in college and it's funny but you can tell he's obviously very worried and when Paul has the conversation with him that he hasn't, he's the, he's the main rainmaker and he hasn't made rain and brought big business in in a few years, you're kind of wondering where, where this episode's going to go. But it's one of the reasons I love Denny Crane because they don't, they kind of flaunt the fact that he's a bit now scatter and inappropriate and everything else. But there's only a few episodes where They allow him to show just how good he can be. And although you don't see it in court in this episode, when he takes on your man's case, who clearly stuck a fork in a fucking toaster, and that's why he got hurt. I love that he he manages to make it into a potential class action suit and kind of keeps the wolves, Denny Crane keeps the wolves from the door in terms of the board who who might want to get rid of him. And those kind of episodes I love with Denny Crane where you can tell he so desperately still wants to be, as we all would be, right? That sharp lawyer, that guy everyone fears, he never loses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he pulls it out of the bag at the end of the episode, even if it might seem a bit far-fetched, which in that episode, it probably does seem a bit far-fetched when the guy admitted like it was his fault, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's it's an interesting... Second story for what's to come over the season, seasons for like Denny Crane. I don't know what you think on that.
0: Well, well, I think to it continues. Like if, if people want to go back and, and watch our first podcast and we talk about the first episode, like the Denny story, a lot of this is about relevance as we get older, because as we get older, in a lot of ways, we we can't do what we used to do but we still have bits of us. Yeah. I think what the Denny, what Denny shows, what the Denny character shows is that we might lose some of it, but there's still some of it still left in there. And there is a beautiful line in it. When he's talking about Alzheimer's where they, you know, the blue, white and blue, red and white in his brain. He doesn't know what's what in that, but he says, sometimes he remembers stuff. Sometimes he forgets stuff. And it's like, I mean, and that's the same for all of us what the the continuation of 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 denny's story in relation to alzheimer's we see it's not that simple but in another way it kind of is what we see here again is that we get as you said we get a glimpse we get a little bit of a glimpse of of what denny crane when he says denny crane because i love when he says denny crane it's my ringtone now and when denny says his name we, we get a glimpse of what that used to mean now, you might think what he did was far-fetched. I can tell you it's not. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't work in the legal system like that. But the shit I've seen, yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's not that far-fetched. But it does show that when Denny was put up to it, and again, he was put up to it like he was in one of the earlier episodes, and would, and would continue to be true the majority of the series, when, he's, when, he's, when the gun is put to his head nearly. That he's able to pull that out of the, pull that rabbit out of the hat. And he's in total, yeah. total control. And, and, he, and I, I mean, look, I'd, I think Shatner's an underrated actor, right? He's, he's not a Marilyn Brando, but I still think he's a damn fine actor. And I think he's, he, he plays that really well between someone in control, someone that's scared and losing control, and then not in control.
1: There's a, you know, you're right. And there is an element of how much is he taking the piss out of people who think he's kind of losing his marbles, right? He's cognitively decline. There's one line in this episode, and it never gets repeated, but when I watched the first time, I felt the same way, and it it really annoyed me because it felt... Maybe it's because it's early on, but it felt unnecessarily mean. And it's when when Paul says to Alan Shore, "You, you think that Denny will defend you right he'll come to your rescue and Alan Shore says yeah if he can remember who I am and I just thought that was unnecessarily you don't ever see that again with the two of them they're in lockstep and maybe it was just the way it was written I thought it was unnecessarily harsh from Alan Shore in terms of the comment like in other words I know he's fucked in the head so that kind of thing I I, anyway but that was just I took that the first time I watched this I thought, okay, so they're not that close. And then obviously, as the show goes on, you realize they are. And the second time, because I know you know how the show goes, I thought, wow, unnecessarily harsh from Alan Shore. Because the one thing about Denny Crane is as fucking mad as he can be, and as much as he'll tell you, if I can sleep with your wife and she's hot, I'll sleep with your wife. <laughs> but he, he, in his own weird way, he is fiercely loyal, like fiercely loyal, in his own. And I know it sounds tra- in his own way, not when it comes to women, I guess. But he's fiercely loyal, and I just thought with Alan Shore who's becoming closer to him, I just thought that was an odd remark to make to Paul. I I would agree, not not na-
0: not not unnecessarily harsh, but I do think it's a it's a line that didn't need to be in there. There was, there was no need for it. I think it could have been written better in relation to showing the, the animosity between Alan and Paul that is obviously there and is lingering on, especially from the last couple of episodes. It's, it's, it's been, it's been growing. Yeah. Um, I would give Alan, as I would most people, the benefit of the doubt that actually, when he said that it had nothing to do with Denny and it had all to do with Paul. And all to do with, I suppose, because Paul is threatening him him with with his job, as he does in nearly every episode. So I I don't know, unnecessarily harsh, maybe not, but unnecessary, yeah, it could have been written, that bit could have been written better.
1: Yeah, we'll come to it in later episodes, but there is a, very clearly Paul and Denny were close at one point. Yeah. And he still has great affection for Denny, but he is obviously he as they you know he's the lawyers he's the the rules guy making sure everyone does the right thing, and that seems to him to be more important well, than. And we'll 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 talk about that as the show well, goes on. Well, he's the fatter there's, figure. There's definitely I, mean, I I I love Paul. He's the fatter. Is a great.
0: That's who he is. He's the
1: yeah. He's the he's central character to all the mad stuff that goes on, but the one that they all go to, and um, you know when there's a problem. Yeah. But I I just think, and again, it goes goes back to why we're doing the podcast on this show. I I just think the the different style of characters, and I know there's certain things in the show that wouldn't get made now, or people would be pissed off about or whatever, but I just think as as an ensemble cast, it it, it really brings out all sides of people's personality, and I I, I, I just think it's uh, like, I think this is, again, I, I keep saying this on it, but it's a really good early example of the different situations that the characters get into. So it's not that one where you have a character who for, you know, there's eight seasons and for five seasons, they're hard as a rock. They won't break the rules. And then we've run out of story. So they do. It's one of those shows where even the characters that are, you can't break the rules. This is how it, that's it. When they're in that situation themselves, They find it difficult, which you and I have talked about before, right? People giving you advice and they're (laughs) always whiter than white and how it should be, and they're morally correct because never does anything wrong. And you take that advice, and then we're in a similar or same situation themselves. There's every excuse or every reason as to why they did it differently to how they told you to do it. And that's the human condition. That's how it is, at least with, with Alan Shore as a character. And I don't know, I think probably maybe James Spader has a person when I've seen him interviewed. Alan Shore draws his own lines for morality and what's right or wrong, because he understands that the industry he's in, the job that he does, he sometimes has to defend people that are you wouldn't want to defend in life. But it's important to do that for the overall sake of the process. I don't, I don't know if Denny Crane feels that same way. But I think what Alan Shaw, if you watched, if anyone has watched, by the way, the practice episodes with with Alan Shore and and particularly, and I know um, Denny Crane's and some of them, there is an element of of what he's prepared to do for his client. But you do kind of feel that he, in his own head, says to himself that that's okay. That's the process and that's how it works. Do you not, do you
0: think... Because you were saying that, and I was just thinking that actually when you're, you're, you're saying Alan does that w- within the scope of of what his job is, do we not all do that as well? That we all cross that line and defend, oh, well, they're family, and this is what you have to do for family, or they're a friend, this is what you do for, or whatever. whatever. There's an excuse for crossing that line, doing something for someone else that you may or you shouldn't do, but you do it because whatever the circumstances are that it's either family or with well, Alan it's it's in a job. And I think that's one of the great things about this show. And that's why it's so relatable that yeah, man, these are, these are, these are rich people the uh, the 1% you could nearly say, uh, well, but I, I they're think still relatable because I, I, we can well, see our own decisions I, that sometimes we have to make in there. And that sometimes we have to cross that line and yeah. we don't draw that line.
1: I would just say that
0: I, I would
1: just say that the difference I, the difference I found, you're right to an extent. but the difference that I've found in, in real life is that people don't I'm sure I've done it myself. People don't acknowledge when they are, for example, moving past a red line. When you've asked for advice and they're like, well, this is what you should and shouldn't do this is the red line, that when they're moving past that or doing what they wouldn't have advised, they don't allow themselves to think that actually I'm I'm doing this because you know what? Now that I'm experiencing that situation, it's a lot harder than I thought it was when I was giving advice on that situation. Whereas what I like about Alan Shore is he's like, and again, this can be an excuse for people to, I'm kind of an asshole Mm -hmm. and I understand how the world works. So there are certain things, like the early episodes with, with, with Sally Heap, you need to get away from me. And she's like, oh, you just want me to want you more. And it's like, no, you're too nice for who I am. And this is who I am. And I will I will do these horrible things again because that's my career and who I am as, as a person when it comes to my job. And I, I think in real life, I mean, I know myself when I've done not terrible things, but when I've done something or I've probably gone beyond the line where I've advised someone else, don't go beyond that line. If it's cheating or if it's something in your job or whatever, and I've gone beyond that line. I mean, I've tried to justify it to myself. Oh, well, this is the reason why I did that. And everyone does it. But I like about what I like about Alan Shore is he's well aware of that line that he's going over and the reasons why he's doing it, which in my mind makes him a better person, even if other people don't think so. Well, isn't But
0: that's the thing I was just thinking about a lot of the characters and and they're so well written that their actions sometimes we may go, oh, we wouldn't do that. But actually, there's a lot of honesty in in David Kelly's writing um, and the same in his other shows that, as you said, they do acknowledge a lot of what they do themselves as maybe not openly as wrong, but the show acknowledges or they acknowledge it in some way. But in life we don't do that. So the weird thing is, no matter what you think of, of Alan and Denny, especially, they are, I don't know if it's ironically is the right word, but they're pretty honest about who they are. And I wonder if if the show was made today, it obviously wouldn't be made the same. I think they they'd screw it up in, a, in an effort to make it. But I don't think it would be as honest. I think there will be certain aspects will be taken out of it and other aspects will be heightened. And, and therefore it would, it would know it would be nowhere near as good as that's the feeling I get with a lot of shows. They're, they're preachy and what this show was great. And what I think Kelly is great at is showing that kind of, as I said, that honesty in, in, in characters, whether it's, you know, whether it's a short term character or a long term, because obviously we see that with Laurie at the moment, She's still continuing on this, on on her arc is continuing, um, but she you know, we know she, she doesn't she she goes soon enough. Uh, Sally's the same, and obviously Tara's the same because there's changes in in season two.
1: Well, don't tell people that. I think everyone. Uh, yeah,
0: I think it's It's two thousand and four. If they haven't seen it by now.
1: Well, I, I I do think I was going to ask actually. I I do think that when it, when it when it came to the. Um, the Plasma Blood storyline. I do actually think that it, it, it was Shirley Schmidt she was talking to. I think Shirley Schmidt would have taken the much harder line and said like, this guy is dying. You either tell him the truth or you're going to lose your job.
0: Well, if you remember what
1: I don't what know, Laurie
0: I... said to Alan in the episode where he's dealing with his ex that, that tried to kill him and Laurie was telling him, listen, you have to do the best and do the best for your for your client and you got to do it and you got to do whatever it takes no emotion or anything like that now obviously that was a couple of episodes ago a few episodes ago and Laurie is is, is changing obviously, her arc and her, that's what we're seeing with her with Shirley I, I agree I think Shirley Schmidt would not have done would not have been as nice as Paul well the Shirley Schmidt that we're going to see soon not the Shirley Smith at the yeah, end. No,
1: with, I, think from, I think from the eighth or ninth episode yeah. she comes in. Looking but forward to uh, No, I think it's... I, it doesn't but like, closing off on the episode, I, I think it was really good, very engaging, like you said, without being one that massively furthers any of the character's development, which means that the stories in themselves, I thought, were brilliant. I, I thought when, when, again, if we haven't talked about it before, when... Laurie found out that the the wife was lying and actually someone else fathered the child, which is why the wife wouldn't let the blood go. I I I thought that was really pretty Well, isn't done. It, um, isn't that
0: the because it the it's truth be told and uh, and we all talk uh, you and I, but like in general we all talk about oh having to tell the truth and stuff, but it's it's weird in that I'll have to go back and check the script, but I don't think. At any time, does the ex-wife lie? She doesn't lie about anything, not to the husband, and she tells the truth. She just of what she says, she just doesn't tell all the truth. And I think,
1: but I think that's like what we talked yeah, about earlier, it's, right? It's it's that interesting thing of 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 where is the truth, where is it lies, and but, disclosure. Like and again, in the, also in the legal profession. Like, you know, when when Sally Heap is talking to the guy who's sticking the fork in the fucking toaster and he wants uh, compensation, when he starts being honest, like, that's probably my fault. She's like, just answer the question honestly. And I think that's a really interesting start for that episode because the wife, like you said, she doesn't lie. She just only volunteers an answer to the question. And that's kind of, I think, how that episode... And again, the wife of the mayor, when she finds out that he's, you know, shagging the whoever you want, the aide or the yeah. medic and whoever you want is, it, that's right by their side. And she's there when he wins, gives the hug. So she's not lying about anything. She's just not giving the full yeah. truth of what's happened. And then once he gets elected... To it? go
0: back to Alan's thing, so I, think it's I mixed a- up truth with total disclosure. And I tell people when you're making a claim, don't tell them everything. Just whatever they ask. Or if I'm telling people when they're going up in well, front then- of a judge you you, uh, and because what sally said to said to um toaster boy wasn't wasn't wrong this is because i tell people this when you get up no. you answer the question and use the least amount of words possible now
1: but well, and I, in, in, even in my job no one, like we were, you know you're penalized for lying but if you're dealing with a, some kind of regulator for example and they ask a question you're told just to yeah. answer the question don't offer up all kinds of books but it's not about not telling the truth it's like you're opening doors that don't need to be opened and then we have six months just answer their fucking question that they've asked and so there's a certain thing to that that i think works i would just say this and i'll finish on this because i know we're coming to the end here i will finish on this i i liked the end towards the end with denny crane where initially he'd gone for the cognitive test paul came to talk to him and he's having like breakfast or late breakfast in his office. Steak. Clearly not doing any work yet. And, you know, he's talking about Paul. You were going for a cognitive test. Well, and Paul's like, no. And then at the end when he's done it and he comes back in and he's also realized that actually I need to bring money in. So the toaster story kind of concludes with him having obviously behind the scenes gone to the company and said, this could be a class action suit. Or you take our company for all your business, which could be whatever millions a year. And I'm not available to do this. Oh, and by the way, give that kid 50 grand for what happened. And I love that bit with him and Paul at the end where he's like, Paul, do you remember when we talked? And he's like, no, he goes, Jesus, Paul, you really should go for that test. It's a beautiful, because they both know. and, And this is where I think William Shatner is such a great actor. They both know that Denny Crane is in decline. They don't know how quick or how far. So those little victories for Denny Crane are huge to him because he never wants to retire, right? He wants to die in that chair, die as a lawyer. That's his, that's his thing.
0: Yeah, he said, he's, Yeah, he says that in the... If you go back to the very first episode, he's, or the first episode, and then there's another one of the... I think it could be two episodes ago where your man pulls a gun on him as well. It's like, yeah, because yeah, that's how he wants to go. Denny Crane.
1: Yeah, and he proves throughout the series... He's no coward, which I like about it. He, he's not put down as some stereotypical right winger, and, and we won't get into where sometimes he, he really isn't one. But I, 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 it, you, you, that's why you, you couldn't make that show now. Somebody who's a died in the wall lawyer, who's a left winger, and a died in the wall Republican. And it works. There's only a few times in the series where they have a massive falling out. Anyway, I would just say this in, in, it's one of the best episodes, I think, of the first series for sure. What do you yeah. think,
0: Tanner? Yeah, it's a good episode. I don't know if it's the best. They're all I mean, that's the thing, they're all great. That's the I'm biased on that that I think they're all great, and there's so much in every episode. And they there is a lot going on there. The questions that are asked is well, when is the right thing? What is the right thing? Where's that line? Yeah. As is, is is everything. Where does the truth belong? And I still like the wife not telling the, the ex-husband, could he she could have very easily. Just told him the truth, knowing that he was probably going to be dead in six months. Fuck him, but didn't.
1: You can see why. Right? Well, I mean, but- he 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 may have six months to live, and to find out then that the the child that he thought was his that was as he talks about it, throwing your DNA forward yes. into the future, and then to find out that actually, you know, I slept with this guy once or twice or whatever, and it's not your kid when he's already dying. I can kind of understand where she. I can understand where she was coming from on that, which is obviously why Laurie Coulson lied to him in the end.
0: Yeah, but there's I? I think that's something that I'm probably only realizing even more so now. Is is that? See,
1: I would have been. I would have been a halfway power. I, I would have said. I would have said to the husband, "Um, you can't get the blood, and I can't tell you why. Talk to your wife." <laughs> that probably would have been well, funny. Because I mean, how do you? Well, do well, that? that's come here. That's what like, most should, of us. It's a TV show, hoping that in the end, like whether he dies or not, he doesn't go further onto court. He doesn't throw everything at it because his life is at risk. Well, he do- but in, in the context of the show, I thought it was an odd decision that she made. I would have, in the context of the show, I would think that she should have told him the truth so he doesn't waste any more money on his life and spend it all on health. No, but right, don't waste but that. She found money.
0: a solution to, to both to of that, except obviously she might get into trouble. but and that he's not going to follow it up because he thinks it's gone now. And I'm sure she goes off and she tells tells the ex-wife and whatever happens between the two of them and 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 the son, whatever happens. And that's that's what I like about this show. It's just off. Oh, you you know, we can talk about that and, and make up our minds on on whatever we think is going to happen. I think what what Kelly is very good at and what shows like this are very good at is 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 kind of showing that hey, there's another way of dealing with things. There's a more honourable way. So even though, as we were saying before that, people might think that Alan and Denny are sexist, crude, whatever the way you want to put it. At the end of the day, there is moments of honesty and there's moments of honour, and there are moments. And I think what we're seeing, what Laurie does here, is shows that hey, look, that actually there is a right way of. There's a better way of doing things, and I wonder if that show was made today. You see what's going on and you see the kind of way people are are acting and saying that women especially should act. Whether the wife would have been written for the wife to be as as compassionate as she was and as loving and as because the wife just wasn't thinking of herself there because she could have got back because she she made comments about the lawyers before when they met in the diner. So the divorce was not an amicable, happy divorce. And yet she still didn't. She could have thrown him under the bus for her own personal, whatever you want to, whatever way you want to put it. And I know I, I mean, I know I know men who are going through that at the moment. They just picked the wrong women and it seems to be happening a lot more.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and and it seems well, I mean, to be I celebrated by a lot of corners. Wrong. I'm sorry to say this, but on on social media, especially what the wife did, if the wife had been a complete bitch and, and told him the truth and threw him under the train, in a ha kind of way. There's a lot of people that would have celebrated that what Boston legal does. And not, not the only show what it does is it shows up, Hey, that look, we can be better. And it's shown up that, yeah, things are, bl- are not black and white. There's a lot of gray, but there's better ways of dealing with it. And I think Laurie played very well by Monica Potter. Laurie's one of those characters that, and as is Alan and Denny and, and, and Paul, especially show themselves up to be, Hey, there, there's goodness. There's a better way. You don't have to be a dick about yeah. it. You don't have to be. Because it's weird. At the end of the day, the people in, in the company, they might come across sometimes as narcissistic, but they're not actually selfish, narcissistic people. Some of their, sometimes their customers, their clients are are they're up against. But I, I don't think, would you say that, that Denny is is narcissistic? There's times he, he's, he acts like a selfish asshole. As, as we all do. But I think what this show and other shows, good shows, can show is that, hey, look, we're all messed up and we all make mistakes and we all get it wrong. But so, hey, we can still, with a bit of compassion and a bit of thought and understanding, hey, th- there is a better way of doing it. That's just what I thought a few minutes ago about that I, I didn't think about before, about the, uh, the ex-wife in relation to the, the son's yeah. DNA. Or the the chord, and they do, and it's great, and that would that would, that, that, that would be a, what I would say, you know.
1: I think I think, for, and, and for episodes coming up, we can talk about why early on in the show, certainly at least, Alan Shore lives in a hotel, a nice hotel, but he yeah. lives in the hotel. Well, we see that in the. That's for another. That's for another evening.
0: Okay, I think we're gonna finish. That's it. To be honest, I'm I'm, I'm a bit tired. Thank you everybody for for listening for your time. Uh, please get in contact, like, share do that thing um email address is there please send me an email if there's anything you want us to talk about we will be back next week something we'll be back we'll be back next week either one for the road or we'll do the next episode so keep in um yeah keep watching we're on facebook twitter the usual stuff so yeah thank you everybody
1: guys and we will see you for episode Episode seven. seven beautiful see you then and stay safe